solid. When I was a kid, you know, it's funny how many people uh, tend to go for the gimmicky kites, you know, the big plastic Batman kites and that, that rarely fly very well. They, they, uh, they're really just toys. But this kite is a genuine flying machine. So the next time you look for kites, look for a good box kite. When I was a kid, uh, we all built model airplanes, and there was a one of the kids got got the box kite urge, and we began to build tiny box kites. We used to compete with one another to see who could build the smallest box kite until finally. We, we worked it down to the point where we had a tiny box kite, no bigger than three inches, made out of balsa wood and Japanese rice paper, and we'd fly them on very thin thread. In fact, thinner than the kind of thread that you use for regular sewing. And we'd get them 30 and 40 feet up, just standing and uh, waiting for a bus or something. You'd let your kite out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny, once you, once you tasted... Uh, kite flying, you just don't ever quit. It's just, uh, it's a, you get insatiable. And every time I go out, even today, I, I, when I see a good wind and I, I, I see the sun up there, I, I always feel that you should see a kite climbing into the, into the air, climbing next to the clouds. I, I believe a kite is every bit as natural in the air as a bird is. Look at that thing up there. Isn't that beautiful? my dad building a seven-foot kite in the basement. <laughs> he built a seven-foot kite and he covered it with old editorial pages of the Chicago Tribune. And it was it was covered with a thin shellac, a fantastic kite. And on a spring day, it was in late June when the wind was coming in off the lake, on a Sunday, he took the kite out to the vacant lot out back of our house and he had a tremendous reel of and he started to let the kite out and his kite was at about the altitude of mine right now and he was running like mad through the vacant lots trying to get her up and he finally got the seven foot kite up there with 20,000 kids out there watching him and of course all the, all the old men and the, and the blue haired ladies were looking out of the apartment windows you know and saying look at that nut out there and the kite started to climb he got it up about a thousand feet and you know, I think this is what finally broke the old man's spirit. You know, every man, there's a point in a man's life when he passes a delicate milestone, when he believes that everything groovy is going to happen to him. Up to that point, he passes that milestone, and then he knows better. From that time, there's a sad look in the eye. I think it happened that afternoon. The old man got the kite up about a thousand feet. He's running. 
He's running like a road runner through vacant lots, up and down alleys, trying to keep the damn thing up. And it started to climb. It was about a thousand feet up there. The kids are cheering when all of a sudden the string somewhere along the line, my mother had cut the string to wrap a Christmas package or something, and off it went. And he stood there with the reel in his hand, and you could see that kite drifting off, and the string was heavy enough to keep it up in the air. It gave it a, gave it a, gave it balance, and that kite just took off, and that was the last thing we saw of it, going out over the lake. The old man worked eight months on it. He'd come back in the house and he drank two quarts of bourbon. Never built another kite. My mother kept looking at him, you know, she had all these aluminum rheostats in her hair and stuff. She says, what's the matter? It was only a kite. Isn't that beautiful? Look at it. All he kept saying was, you don't understand. Well, anybody who's ever flown a kite understands. I mean, really flown a kite. You know, there's a difference between playing with a kite and flying one. Look at that. Isn't that a beautiful kite? You know, when you see a kite, at least when I see a kite, sometimes I wish I was a kite.
up into the air. Sunday morning 
that Sunday morning uh, unconsciousness about him, you know. Sits down at the breakfast table and he says, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Okay, get out of the house. What do you say? My mother would say, yeah. She was always a little worried when he said that. Never knew where he might want to go. Let's go out to the airport. Of course, instantly, my kid brother and I all, and his idea of a great spring morning Sunday was to drive to the local airport with a great big basket full of tuna fish salad sandwiches, about five, six packs of Pabst Blue Ribbon, and about six or seven bottles of knee-high orange for the kids. And we would park in the grass and just watch the airplanes go up. That's all we did, just watch airplanes. They'd taxi down a runway and they'd take off. The old man at luck. Oh, man. And they'd go roaring overhead. And, you know, even to this day, every pilot knows that every airport is ringed by people who just sit on a Sunday with the kids and watch the airplanes. And, you know, when you come out to a little grass strip airport like this, look that guy go. You know, no, no pilot can resist watching a plane take off when he hears that sound. He just got to look. It's a terrible compulsion. But when you come out to one of these grass strip airports, one of these small airports, you see guys that own their own airplane, even when they're not flying. They come out and just sit by their plane. There's one over there now. Pick him up. There he is. Look at him. He owns that little air coupe over there. It was built in 1946. It's a classic. Oh, the old man, I'll never forget the day the old man did one of his great adventures of his life, and it involved an airplane. You know, there's a time when you got to do something. There's a time for sitting and a time for action. And one Sunday, we're out watching the airplanes. Nobody in our family had ever been in an airplane. Airplanes were just things that other people went in. You'd see pictures once in a while of a movie star getting in a plane. You know, it says, uh, star in planes for coast. That's what airplanes were. You see them way up there and flying overhead. And one Sunday, we're sitting out at the airport in the grass. The old man's got his straw hat on, you know. He's really on top of it. And there's a sign suddenly that appeared one Sunday, way down at the end of the airport, and it said, Scenic Rides, $3. Five minutes. Take a flight in an airplane. Fly! Great big exclamation point. Well, our free bucks was a lot of money to the old man. See, that was, you know, 50 beers or something. See, so we're sitting in the car. Now, I remember the day he made the decision. We're sitting in the car. See, my mother's looking through the windshield. The planes are flying. She's getting a little bored. All of a sudden, the old man says, I'm going up. I'm going to fly. He says, you're what? Because instantly, my kid brother, he wakes up, you know, and his eyes are this big. He says, see that plane down there? They're taking people up. I'm going. And with that, he got out of the car and walked down the grass. We could see him. We're scared now. All of a sudden, the old man's doing something. You know, it's like seeing your father that moment deciding he's going to take a trip to the moon with the next group of astronauts, you know. So he walks down through the grass. And there's a little talk going on. We're scared. We're watching. And there was no way you could get into that. Big signs. Only passengers and pilots allowed this side of the fence. 
The old man was on the other side of the fence for the first time in his life. And five minutes later, we see him get in this open cockpit plane, two cockpits. He's got a helmet. They give him a helmet on. And they start rolling down a runway. And that plane rolled right on past us. And I remember my mother saying, Your father, he's up there, he's flying. Off they go. And there was a tiny figure. Remember that little tiny head? He looked like a little tiny, a little peanut, you could see, sticking out of that cockpit. And the plane went off, off into the blue. And we stood there and watched. All the other people at the airport were watching. Everybody watches the planes. Made a great circle all around the airport. And I could hear the sound of that motor. Boom, 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 boom. She's chugging around. It just seemed like an instant later. That plane comes drifting down over the trees. You can hear the wind whistling in the wires. It taxis out on the runway. And there was a pregnant pause. The old man had broken the, the barrier. And he climbed out of the cockpit. And it was then that it happened. He fell flat on his knees. <laughs> he just collapsed like he was made out of water. And his head went down. And you know, they didn't have air sickness bags in those sightseeing planes. It went all over the grass. And we're watching him. But then he stood up and took his helmet off. His face as white as a sheet. And he walked towards us. Ten feet tall. He was one of the eagles. Oh, the old man would love to see me this time. i to fly my own plane. He wouldn't believe it. Sudden that 
instrument panel, which you've been studying for a long time, begins to blur and everything looks like strange Chinese instruments that you've never seen before. You've got a grip on yourself. Like, Come on, let's go. Let's start. You could fly. 